Representative Caleb Collier said, I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. We're also going to plug you into something that is, of course, uh, very, very near and dear to your hearts, vaccine medicine. We're going to be talking about COVID-19 and uh, we're going to we're going to be talking even about MRA, MRNA technology. This is going to be a very, very scientific episode. We have today a guest who is actually pleading with you. Um, he's going to share himself the whole very pragmatic situation that is, you know, basically he has got to get this word out. He is being censored. Um, we know that modern medicine under the guise of the God of science is very, very, uh, it's, it's very, very guided by those who are in charge of the power structure. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough, who, who is a very wide word, um, well-known name in, in vaccine community, he and Daniel, or excuse me, Nathaniel, our guest today have published a paper that is, is very damning, uh, to the epidemiology of the COVID-19 disease. Now, science, uh, of co- according to, to all of your big name people in Hollywood, is, is only through their lens, but it comes through the actual scientists. And, and the ones I trust are, are going to be talked about today. Let's introduce our guest. And I, I want you guys to listen today and, and do us at Church and State a very huge favor. Get the news out there. Uh, Nathaniel, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you on today. And uh, before we get started, I just want to just say some background as far as we, we, we have seen over the years go from a, from a very small pool of names to a big pool of names, including Dr. Malone. Um, we, we've known back in the day, Del Bigtree, I was talking with you. We had him on our show. I actually got to spend some time with Mr. Kennedy, who's now running for president. And uh, I never would have thought that, that this would be such an explosion as far as information. And, and now coming on the scene, it's a pleasure to have you with us. You're, I believe, going to be a name that's going to be well-known in this because you're searching for truth. There's a scripture that I think is very, um, it's very revealing on how Jesus responded to children. And I think this, this vaccine movement, it originally started with kids, but Jesus said, if you cause even so much as a hair on one of these little ones to be, to be hurt, or if you're, if you're to cause one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for you to throw a, what the, what the Bible would call back in the day, a millstone around your neck and be cast into the sea. Jesus did not want kids to get hurt. And, and we're seeing, and you're going to be talking about VARES reporting. VARES is, is where we see vaccine injury reporting we're seeing that there was a, a huge amount of of incidents of injury and misrepresented but very very great pleasure to have you on the show today we're actually going to bypass those of you who are with us and talking about any of our sponsors you can go to church and state excuse me churchandstate.net uh, churchandstate.media and you can check out our website just click on it just for a second just very briefly 
um, churchofstate.media, you, you know, all of our products, um, please take a look at the links, look at some of our past interviews, stories, um, and you know, do all that. But I want to give you as much time, Nathaniel, to talk about your paper. Now this paper, um, they're trying to already, one of the publishers, uh, under the name of curious C U R E U S. So cure us is, is it, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this where your paper was originally, originally published? No, yes. Curious is the journal. Uh, the publisher is Springer, Springer Nature. Um, and, and they're really the ones that we think are behind the more sinister uh, pro agenda that's unfolding right now. Uh, Curious, I think, is an excellent journal, and we really appreciate it. So it's a Springer, Springer Nature group who is putting pressure on Cure cure us curious however you want to say it they're, they're putting pressure on them to uh, uh from what i heard over the phone you're they're trying to discredit those of you um, who contributed to the paper um dr mccullough and yourself i don't know so much they went after they went after a stephanie sneff you said um who's well more than qualified she went to mit i that's that's just not a tiny little school so but, I mean, everybody on our team is well qualified. Um, several are extremely highly credentialed people who have, you know, impeccable credentials from a, from a, a scientist perspective. So I, I'm really, uh, I think it's sad that, uh, you know, they have to attack in this way. What they try to do is they... Um, they smear people in order to to try to undermine the 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 respect and the integrity of those scientists and and that's what's going on yeah the, well there's a there's a list of very 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 you know dependable names is for the for the waking of you know scientific purposes Jessica Rose is one of the um, people who helped you and collaborated on this who I've heard of her personally um and then Steve Kirsch, who, you know, we know the very, very, <laughs> everyone on the left would describe as the very loud and brash millionaire. Um, I, I personally love Steve Kirsch, and he was a part of um, helping you get this article um, public, you know, publicly out there. Well, yeah, he, Steve um, was my initial opening to this because he invited uh, scientists from all over the world to participate in a discussion. Uh, in order to support his work with this uh, debate idea that he had. And so we were meeting every week for months to, to talk about all these issues. And that gave me access to these great scientists. I had to send in my resume and a, and a cover letter in order to, uh, to get into this group. But once I got in, um, it just opened some doors and, and I met some fantastic people and the discussions inspired me to write this paper it's a very tight-knit community um the the, the the vaccine education and then epidemiology which we're going to highlight you know um that word epidemiology has gone very mainstream uh, mm -hmm. somebody like myself who's a lay person i'm a pastor i understand you know things like <laughs> deep doctrine and things like that but epidemiology is your specialty you know the the branch of medicine that deals with basic 
basic incidents and then like, how did it happen? How do we control it in the future? So tell, tell us about, about your, your background as far as epidemiology is concerned. Yeah. Uh, so my foundation was in biology, which is a really great uh, foundation because it helps you look at the relationships between things, uh, both on a macroscopic level, which is like the whole environment, the world itself, and then the microscopic level, which is, you know, cells and molecules and all that. But then epidemiology is really looking at patterns. That was my, my doctoral training. I went to UNC School of Public Health. Uh, I was there at the same time when the infamous Ralph Barrick was doing his dark research, uh, on, <laughs> which I won't go into, but I'm sure you're aware of that. It was going on at UNC School of Public Health at, at, at the, uh, on the campus there. And... Um, Epidemiology, my focus was nutritional epidemiology, which is using epidemiology as the lens for understanding nutrition. Um, so what you're looking at is, is populations and studying them in different ways um, with all these different study designs. And so you learn how to objectively analyze data through this lens called epidemiology and the uh, paper that we wrote was looking at the randomized clinical trials, which are considered to be the gold standard for, for those kinds of studies, you know. Um, and uh, observational studies are uncontrolled in, in that you're just looking at groups of people, but clinical trials, especially a randomized clinical trial, is controlled in the sense that you are able to control a lot of uh, factors that might otherwise um, distort what you're seeing in the, in the results of the study. Um, so it's, it's very important to understand what the strengths and weaknesses are of these different kinds of study designs. And that's what an epidemiologist is doing. Yeah. Well, there's a very lengthy and, and put up, yeah, uh, Chris, if you could put up the, the article, once again, if you go, those of you who are watching, um, go to pub, just type into your search bar, pub med, and then search Mead McCullough. And you will find this article. And for those and of you, learned. lessons learned. <laughs> yes. And lessons Le learned. Yes. Yeah. You will find this article. It is lengthy, but it is, it is, it's being challenged right now. It's, it's, it's being threatened. Those of you in the vaccine uh, realm, and uh, you understand this, once truth gets challenged, it makes me suspicious that it's even more truthful because they cover up what's truthful. And then, of course, they push what's a lie. You and I both know they'll push and give you access to a lie all day long, but they will suppress truth very, very quickly. Um, tell us, was the data easy to get to? Because I'm... I'm going to go out and just make a guess. I would, I would venture to say that the data is in front of us. It's right under our noses. It's just you have to take the time to compile all the data points. Was the data hard to get to or was the data easy to get to? Some of it is hard to get to. Uh, you have to also be able to understand how to interpret these studies and to be able to extract the essential data. But without jumping the gun too much, I want to just say something before I forget about what you said before. With this um, suppression that's going on right now, 
Um, this is a tactic that the industry is using in order to um, try to convince the public that the evidence that they're seeing is it has no merit. Okay, so as you said, a lot of this data is easy to access. So the the story is becoming clearer and clearer. The public is waking up. So what the industry is doing is, if you publish a very compelling summary of the evidence, as we have done, the industry, in order to make the public believe that it's invalid, is once it's published, they then retract that article. They, they tear it down and they pull it from the medical community's uh, PubMed access as a valid article, and they say, now this is retracted, so it's no longer valid. And that's a strategy that they're using in order to undermine all of the efforts to get for scientists to get this out to the public. So, for example, this happened with Dr. McCullough when he published a, a major, the most comprehensive review of all of the autopsies that had been done. Um, and it was considered the best study ever done of autopsies, and it was co-authored with some of the best scientists. And what happened was they put it up on the Lancet uh, Lister, um, yeah, I guess it was on their, on their system, and it was going into publication, and then they retracted it right away to make it look like it had no validity at all. And that's what they're doing to create a massive deception to the public, because if you're on the fence about whether these things are, are dangerous or not, and you see something like that, then you might be convinced to think, oh, I was right. They're not really all that dangerous. Look, they, this article was invalidated. It is no longer uh, a legitimate argument. And that's what they're doing. So I just wanted to say that before we get into the, the meat of the matter, because this is, this is a profound phenomenon that's happening uh, along with all of the, the types of censorship that we've seen, the deplatforming, the, the, the suppression, the ostracizing of, of top scientists uh, who, are, who have impeccable credentials. Um, and, and we've seen this consistently over the last few years. So this is what we're facing right now is exactly that continuation. But now it's in the publishing field. So what we what we hold true to be the truth of something from a from basic common sense and intuition <laughs> people are dying people are getting hurt and 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 now also from a rational quantitative point of view we know why they're getting hurt and to what extent they're getting hurt and that's what these scientific papers are trying to get out there but the industry is has such a stranglehold over the publishing right. aspect uh, so, okay, so let me tell you about the paper. Okay. <laughs> and, and how we got into it. So uh, this is what's called a narrative review. It's a little bit different from a systematic review where you take all the evidence and then you try to come up with a, a quantitative estimate of what the, the single, like it's called a pooled estimate of risk for those all those, pay, all those studies. This is different from that. This is... A narrative review is, is weaving together the main themes, the themes that of the last three years or four years, um, 
And we're talking about the uh, vaccine, COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. So uh, lessons learned from the registrational trials and the global vaccination campaign. Registrational trials are the uh, original trials, the Pfizer and Moderna trials that were used to authorize these products to allow them on the market. So back in December 2020, the authorization process took place based on these two pivotal clinical trials. And so we looked at those very carefully, and we found that the vaccines, not only are they not safe, but in many cases, they're deadly and they're crippling and, you know, they're causing all of these problems and it's all documented. It's all clearly documented as evidence based on the clinical trials themselves. Okay. So not only, not only were the post, you know, what we saw with our, you know, nine non-scientific guys, we were seeing as a community and the bears reporting the whole entire rollout before they even roll out, there was issues that were ignored. Yeah. Wow. Well, the issues were ignored largely because the vaccine industry, which sponsored those two clinical trials, they, they have a longstanding habit of under reporting what is actually going on in the trials, especially if it relates to safety. So if anything is a, is a risk outcome, like for example, heart attacks or uh, pulmonary embolism, which is a blocking of the blood vessels to the lungs, um, you know, or brain hemorrhage or ischemic stroke where you're blocking the circulation to the brain and you get a stroke, all of those things were underreported in a huge way. Okay, and the deaths were underreported. We know this in these trials. Uh, for example, in the Pfizer trial, they only reported 38 deaths. Now, that may sound like a lot of deaths, but that's 17% of what would be expected it, during that time frame. If you know, if you were to uh, extrapolate to the to the whole U.S. population, okay. So it was clearly underreported, and what we found was, okay, you know, a few a few key things about the trials themselves. So these again are considered the gold standard. So they're considered the the proof that something works. You know, this is this is really why these trials are respected so much. Um, but they, when when the numbers came out um, initially, the FDA approved the products because on balance, it seemed that everything was okay at the time. But again, the actual data wasn't found out until after the authorization process. So a bunch of scientists from different institutions analyzed the data and they found that the mortality was very high. For example, um, uh, Corinne Nichols and her, her group published a paper in a vaccine journal um, showing that there was four times more cardiac serious adverse events in the vaccine group compared to the placebo, the unvaccinated. So the vaccinated had 
four times more serious adverse events. Those are things that are causing either death, like heart attack, um, causing death, or um, other kinds of heart problems like myocarditis, arrhythmias that were threatening, life-threatening. So these are life-threatening conditions, four times more in the vaccine group. They also found, that was in the Pfizer um, trial, they found um, uh, doubling of deaths, of cardiac deaths. Okay, and um, now the Moderna trial, we didn't pay a lot of attention to that one because the data was even worse and it was considered more corrupt. Uh, but there was still significant um, deaths and, and problems that came out with that one. So overall, um, the, the, the longer term trial, which was the Pfizer trial, because they extended it to six months, but they they stopped the placebo part of it after only two months. And then they said, okay, now if you're in the placebo group, you can come and get the vaccine if you want. So they're getting so, the actual vaccine now. Right. So what happened after they got the actual vaccine is there were five more deaths and they're all in the vaccinated. Some of them were in uh, placebo people who got vaccinated. Um, so overall, there was a 31% increase in mortality in the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated for the Pfizer trial, 31%. It wasn't statistically significant, but the other things I mentioned were statistically significant, the fourfold increase in heart problems uh, and, the, and also in, in um, cardiac deaths. Um, another study found a 45% when they looked at both Pfizer and Moderna they found a 45% increase in uh, cardiac mortality, so uh, death related to problems with the heart. Um, and so these are, you know, if, if those things had been reported um, prior to the authorization process, it, it's, it's it not probably likely. never, ever would have made it into the light of day. This, this to me. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I often scratch yeah. my head at obviously that we were, according to our U.S. government and Donald Trump, even who was deceived at the time, uh, Operation Warp Speed was exactly that. They they unrolled this thing way too quickly um, yeah. at yeah. all of at all of our risk. Um, what's interesting is the Cleveland study that we're going to pull up on a graph here. Those who, who didn't get vaccines like myself and all my family, uh, we actually. Yeah. We actually look better on paper even after five boosters. Yeah. Can 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 Chris? Can you pull that up? The Cleveland study that you were telling us about. Yeah. Explain was, explain uh, to our listeners that the very was. data the very data that you should see the opposite. You you actually yeah, have that, proof here. Yeah, and that one and the next one. But let's look at this one first. So, if if the vaccines were effective, you would expect that the most vaccinated people would be the bottom line there, okay? That bottom line shows the incidence over time, the incidence of COVID-19 cases, okay? And you can see that it's going up the lowest at the bottom line, and it's going the fastest in the top line. The bottom line represents unvaccinated people. The next line up is one dose of the vaccine. Wow. The next lineup is two doses, three and four doses. So you can see that with each additional dose of the vaccine, there is an increasing rate of COVID-19 
incidence of uh, COVID-19 cases. And this is in a large study of Cleveland Clinic healthcare workers who are very reliable in terms of their reporting of data. So this is an excellent study with very high quality standards for outcomes. So, and, so is this in a way saying that somehow the vaccine itself is affecting our immune systems as a, as, as a collective? Those who have taken the vaccine now have weakened immune system. Yes, it's, this is what we explain in the paper is that these uh, products are dis, they're causing immune dysfunction. And um, there's a graph later in that we won't jump to it right now, but in a, in a moment we can show the other graph that shows the overview of the immune dysfunction. One of the ways that I became aware of this is I was living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, um, and I, um, I, I noticed that my next door neighbors had this really interesting experience. They were waiting for their house to be built, so they were living in a yurt with their two kids. And a yurt is an enclosed structure, a very uh, small uh, space. And the husband had gotten vaccinated, but he kept getting COVID. The mother and the two kids were not vaccinated, and they never got COVID, and they were getting tested constantly. And yet they're living in this closed space where he was you know, showing symptoms. Not only that, but he had the uh, heart pains that were indi in indicating uh, myocarditis. So... Uh, and I, I love this family dearly. They're, they're dear friends of mine. And so when I saw this, I thought, that is fascinating. Then my kids came home from college for Christmas vacation, and they both had COVID, but my wife and I are not va vaccinated. We didn't get COVID, even though we were with each other for you know three weeks during Christmas vacation. Now, granted, you know we're doing things that you would expect to do. We we're getting a lot of sunlight. Um, you know, breathing outside, you know, exercising, uh, uh, eating good food, uh, you know, healthy, uh, all things that, that help support the immune system. So, um, you know, this, this was, uh, I just realized that I have my, the wrong glasses on here. I'm going to switch. While, while you're doing that switch, oh. I'm going to let our guests know this, everybody who's online with us. We, we have on with us, a very special guest. His name is Nathaniel Mead. And what, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to in this, we're going to go another 27 minutes and 45 seconds because we've only scratched the surface as far as damning information. So those of you who are online with us, uh, we're going to do a two part. Um, we're right here at the end of our first show. We're going to have you on. For, is that okay if you stay on another 27 minutes with us? Because we, we, we're now just into the actual grits as far as information and data is concerned. So, uh, once again, if you go, um, yeah. type in at PubMed, those of you who have just listened to us type in Mead McCullough lessons learned, please share this article. This was, uh, something that recently has been tried to suppress. So you, as our listening community, get this article out there. Um, is there anything in the last 30 seconds you want to say before we go on to our next, uh, episode? No, I just really appreciate it that people will download it as quickly as possible because uh, it needs to get out there. Yeah. We're going to have a link in the show description as far as the PDF is concerned. You can uh, find it, link it, share it on your socials. We appreciate you. Church and State is brought to you in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I am Pastor Gabe and a calm does not suit me. 
Welcome to the fire The doctor that I recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor, bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life well if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you you want to go to officialsynapse.com you for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings all the great deals for you and your family with the rise of the BRICS nations uh you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency the United States is not, and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state it will get you the best prices it will get you the best consultation advice use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com mypillow.com has got more than just pillows you've got your slippers your bathrobes you have towels that actually dry you off not the kind you buy at walmart where it's just kind of a slick mess uh, they have got some of the best products out there the sheets are uh, absolutely incredible i think it's a thousand count it's it's the best products you can buy and the pillows even have silencer technology in it and so if, if you need a day where you're just going to scream into your pillow don't worry your neighbors won't hear you why would you want to go to bed bath and beyond first of all they're out of business you want to go support an american-made product go to mypillow.com and then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've won a good night's sleep for years. You, you're, you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. That's church and state. You do not want to eat synthetic meat. If you if you can grow a meat in a lab, if, if you want to go ahead and have Soylent Green on the table, feel free to eat this garbage that Target's trying to throw out. But if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried, it's been then processed by actual human beings, go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic 
freeze-dried raw beef. The blood is still in it. You just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal, and you are ready to go. And remember, the Holy Word of God tells us, for one person has faith to eat all things, while another who is weak eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14, 2. This was sacred to God. Now we This is exactly why I need some action for my people. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you. 